0: Holidays or Feasts You Choose by Apostle Jacqueline Fidor Why should we study the feasts? Because they are a roadmap to our maturity in God. They help us to understand God and His plan for mankind. Each feast is seasoned with truth. Jesus is the Word. He is the Truth. He is our Passover lamb that overcame all that would hinder our walk, including the enemy. As we eat the truth served at each individual feast, or eat the lamb, truth becomes a part of us and we begin to grow in God. If Eve would have had an appetite for lamb instead of goat, the world and all in it would have been much different and humanity would be similar to the lamb we would have been nourished into His image. God said in Leviticus chapter 23, these are my feasts for all generations, and He plainly listed them. There are 10 feasts that are served at seven holy convocations. A convocation is a sacred assembly God has set at a specific time to meet with His people. Look how many people there are that fail to make His meetings. So we can see what the church celebrates is very much different than what God has asked for. In fact, the majority of the customs enjoyed in the church's celebrations are as pagan as pagan can be. Sure, they have mixed the crucifixion of Christ in with Easter bunnies and colored eggs and His birth in with elves, yule logs, and trees, You can read about in Jeremiah chapter 10, verses 2 through 3. But adding holy things to unclean things does not make the unclean holy. At best, you could say the church's holidays are good and evil, like Eve's choice in the garden that started this confusion in the first place and brought death to all of us as well. Also, let me ask this. How can anyone that considers themselves a part of God's family celebrate Halloween as we do here in America? This is really, really beyond me. We are to try to become like the Lord, yet we dress our children up like witches, goblins, and even the devil. People of the Lord? Sure. And the thing that astounds me the most, even when informed, the people's lack of interest in changing. It must be all right in their minds to blatantly offend God and remain at odds with Him. I know when I found out the origin of the traditions I was participating in as a so-called Christian, it terrified me. God is a jealous God. He wants worshipped in spirit and in truth. Look at the fifth commandment in Exodus chapter 20. Verse 5, and then read John chapter 4, verses 23 through 24. Exodus chapter 20, verse 5 You shall not bow down to them nor serve them, talking about idols and false religious practices. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me if we worship falsely we bring curses on our children up to the 3rd and 4th generation from us John chapter 4 verses 23 through 24 but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such to worship him god is spirit and those who worship him must worship his spirit and truth. We are unclean in his estimation if we mix pagan practices into our worship of him, and he really hates it. The world's religions have man's traditions built into them to satisfy and accommodate all kinds of people, so there are large numbers of churchgoers that did not evolve from truth. They have been fed lies from the pulpit, The Word of God tells us the traditions of man make the Word of God of no effect. Mark chapter 7, verse 13. Making the Word of God of no effect through your tradition, which you have handed down, and many such things you do. That means, because of man's traditions, the promises of God will not work on our behalf. How sad! that His people defend their man-made traditions instigated by Satan and miss God's beautiful plan for restoration. If the feasts found in Leviticus chapter 23 were properly understood, God's people would mature and grow in stature so strong the enemy could no longer warp our thinking, taint our actions, causing us to become both good and evil, like Satan or be able to keep us in bondage to His world and its systems. Our hearts would be completely circumcised from the world and the things it cherishes, and the covenants God made to His family would begin to touch and enhance our lives. The promised blessings would be ours. But no, the world's churches have replaced the feasts with other holidays, and God's people suffer. Ask yourself this, what is there in the world I cannot bear to walk away from? If something comes to mind that doesn't fit in God's kingdom, then know that this is a place, the veil has grown back over your heart, an uncircumcised place where the great priest, Jesus, cannot enter. To be sure, you have not studied, nor do you truly understand, the Feast of Atonement or Tabernacles. You see, pay attention now. Without separation from the world, we will never experience the victory of Atzeret, as it is a feast that only the circumcised can attend. It is a feast that can only be understood by eating the end-time truth as the Passover lamb releases it. Eating the meat of the word served at this feast will enable us to mature and be empowered by the miracle anointing that fuels the light that is on truth to break the yoke of tyranny by which the enemy has held the world captive since Eve. The Feast of Shemini Atzaret is in the supernatural, much like the victory party the Maccabees celebrated at the first Hanukkah. The victory could only be achieved after Mattathias and his sons chose to separate and cut off or be circumcised from the empire of their time. Likewise, only after a complete spiritual, physical, mental, emotional, and material circumcision takes place can victory be experienced and the cycle of time be broken. Jesus does this circumcision on our hearts for us when we are born again. But if we do not stay separate from the world, we become mentally uncircumcised, the veil grows back, and our hearts become cold. We must remain circumcised or else be recircumcised through deliverance to be a part of God's kingdom and its final victory only then. Can eternity with God's spiritual laws be set back in place, making all perfect, all good, as in the beginning? Humanity will have gone full circle. Hallelujah! What a rejoicing there will be for those that understand God's roadmap through study of the feasts and are found among the victorious at the final feast of Simchat Torah. The greater Abraham will have circumcised his family from this world forever and ever, and the covenant promises will bring forth a new heaven and a new earth for the heirs of the kingdom. How clear Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 5, now becomes. Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 5. Now I saw a new heaven. Satan will not have access any longer, and a new earth. He will be bound for a thousand years, set free for a little season, then cast into the lake of fire from which there is no resurrection. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. We see evidence of this happening now. Also, there was no more sea, Red Sea of Humanity, Adam, then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them, and be their God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Are these not fantastic promises? Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. In closing, Hopefully, God's people will begin to see the need to not just celebrate the feast in honor of past victories God has given His family, but will study the feast for the hidden nuggets of truth that will enable them to actually become a part of the future victories promised to His people. This is not to lead us into legalistic bondage. Jesus is our total self-sufficiency but the invitation is open to God's appointed feasts. I want you to know you are welcome. Remember, if we choose to eat of the lamb at the Lord's feasts, we become like Him. What we hunger for, we become. The feasts are for all of Abraham's seed. Let our final scripture be Galatians chapter 3, verse 29. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So will it be men's holidays, conceived through false doctrine and lies, with their pagan traditions, or God's feasts? You choose.